Oh, sure, Pete. Let's just come in and start breaking the studio right off the bat. That's what I do. That's, that's, that's how you do I have seen you stumble and tumble and do a somersault and then kind of get back up. So I know you have uh, what I call excellent recovery when it comes to these types of things. So I will fret not. <laughs> that's a guitar player joke. Uh. Fret not. Uh, you are listening to Free Talk Live. We are a live call-in radio program where you can call in, take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever you want. If you don't like the subjects we're talking about, great, call in, change it. Uh, Or you can talk about what we're talking about if you want to comment on any of that. Uh, In the studio tonight, it is myself, I am your host, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, joining me. Peakless Mountaineer. Octopodes. Oh, wait, that was last week. <laughs> I did point at you, though, so excellent recall. Richie Rich. Richie Rich. <laughs> uh, you missed out on the dinner earlier. Uh, I had invented a, a whole business for Richie Rich that sounds shady AF, right? <laughs> it's uh, Richie Rich uh, Payday Loans and Pawn. <laughs> which what ironically could possibly enough, go wrong. Which ironically enough, I had already considered whether or not like that was the name. Um, I have loan sharked uh, for some friends in the past and like lost money because like, dude, you're gonna owe me back a lot of interest, and then they died, and I never got the money. Oh, I know, sad, but still, he owed me money, um, that- and I didn't want to kneecap him because it was still cool. Who wants to dig for six feet to break a kneecap? I Seriously. mean, it's it's just that it's makes me less confident in this whole business plan. But well, but at the same time, at the dinner, I went. I have considered payday a payday loan business for the very fact that before like cryptocurrency came along, it seemed to me that payday loans was the easiest way for anyone to like to become the bank. Yeah. No, become the oh, bank. become the bank. Right. Yeah. Right. They was like, well, you got to if you're gonna make, if you're gonna get wealthy, you got to be the hey, bank. Uh, try not to do that while we're live on the air. You're making all sorts of noise, or hit that button so that you know it's not making noise when you when you do that. I appreciate you fixing the studio though. Try. That's good. It's good. We like that. Yes. Uh, but maybe wait till break time. <laughs> but then he can't talk for the entire first segment. <laughs> sure, he can. Oh. Microphone's right there. All right. You're in front of it. Talk. No. See? <laughs> okay. We're good. All right. But yeah, payday loan seems, you know, like before before cryptocurrency, be the bank. Yeah. Because if you, if you can fund it from the beginning, right, then you make the loans, you charge the exorbitant interest rate, mm-hmm. and then profit. Yeah. Right. And then some, you know, someone at dinner said, like, well, how do you recoup the principal if they don't pay? I go, well, that's why you charge the exorbitant interest rate. Well, how do you create money out of thin air when you make those loans? That's what I'd like to know. Well, that would be more difficult. But it's still easier than starting a bank or a credit union or actually getting into like the state yeah. financial and, system. And so my... Uh, it's like legitimate loan sharking. My addition, my add-on, if you will, the, the, the module add-on of adding pawn, pawn. shop yeah, to absolutely. that seems like a perfect marriage because pawn shops are generally the same sort of a... I don't want to call them rackets, right? Okay. But they're generally thought of in that same light as the payday loan places, yeah. right? Like, oh, that's where you go to like make CD deals and like, get ripped off. Like, as a musician, I've done plenty of business sure. with pawn shops when I was poor, and I was like, oh, I guess I better pawn a guitar for a while yeah. until I can generate that first paycheck at the next job or whatever, right? You know, and I've lost many a musical. Uh, but, item to the pawn shop as well but i looked into it here not the pawn shop but the payday loans and it's prohibitively difficult to start one in new hampshire mm. like the risk the the state has uh 
artificially created a burden so great to overcome that it's almost impossible to be profitable here. So even like there's a handful of payday loan places mm-hmm. that operate in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. um, but they also operate in many other states, right? So I'm pretty sure that New Hampshire's got to be like a lost leader for them because right. there's they, you could not operate one individually here right. in the state with the onerous rules and regulations that the state of New Hampshire has put on those people. Interesting. Uh, that That's kind of uh, payday loans are... I'm going to refer to them as sort of old tech or old banking you sure. know, with, with cryptocurrency and everything now, like that's the new wave of banking. But I want to talk about something else that's a little bit older, and I want to talk about the return of dumb phones. I've got one. Do you? Well, I, I, don't use, I don't carry it with me, but I have one. Is it a Nokia? Uh, I, I don't even. I think it's an LG. Okay. All right. So you know, back in the day, yeah. your cell phone used to not even be able to browse the web. Uh, at best... You would be able to make and receive calls and send some text messages, but you often had to hit the digits on your phone multiple times to get to the correct letter. Or if you letter. had 2G or 3G data, man, you could almost browse Facebook on that tiny little screen. Uh, almost. But uh, this from the BBC, from the BBC. When you really want to leave a comment, man, and that's all you had at work. Not smart, but clever. The return of dumb phones... Uh, instead of scrolling through apps like TikTok and Instagram all day, she uses a so-called dumb phone. These are basic handsets or features feature phones, phones with very limited functionality compared to, say, an iPhone or an Android phone. You can typically make and receive calls and SMS text messages, and that's about it. Unless you're lucky, you might be able to listen to the radio and take very basic photos, but definitely not connect to the Internet or download and use any apps. I forgot that a lot of these phones used to include AM, FM radio on them, so like you could plug you could plug the yeah. the headset into the, the you know the what do you call it the the slot where the headset goes, and like you could dial in the jack, thank you, mm-hmm. and dial in the uh, dial in. That's a phone joke. You could dial in the whatever local radio stations because it had a built-in FM receiver and an AM receiver too. I forgot about that. But you know what the best thing those phones had? Tactile buttons. Yeah, that's true. Mm, that's true. Actual pushable buttons. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you want to go the, the circuitous route where you pay a little extra, you could get a BlackBerry, and then you could have your smartphone with the buttons. I don't think they make those yeah, anymore. No, the, the Blackberries. Uh, so I used to do tech support for Blackberries and Trios and Air Cards and yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, the Blackberries were glorified email machines. Okay. Um, mm. I mean, you can make and receive calls, the first ones anyway. Uh, and then uh, I was trying to remember it's uh, Resource in Motion is okay. the RIM is their parent company, uh, and uh, <laughs> we used to make fun of people who would get Blackberries. Like, oh, you're getting RIM jobbed. <laughs> Resources in but Motion, sh- whatever. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, these devices are similar to some of the first handsets that people bought back in the 1990s, and they show a picture of uh, what looks like the Nokia and the LG flip phone of yesteryear. Mrs. or Miss West's decision. To ditch her former smartphone two years ago was a spur-of-the-moment thing. While looking for a replacement handset in a second-hand shop, she was lured by the low price of a so-called brick phone. Her current handset from French firm MobileWire cost okay. her just eight pounds. Hold on one second. The brick phone was very specific. It was that giant white phone that was the size of a yeah. brick. So really, like a modern day. I thought brick a brick phone. was what happened when you like tried to hack your smartphone and you screwed it up so you couldn't use it anymore. That's when you brick something, right? You can brick any device because it so turns once you it into brick a, a thing, brick. it isn't a brick. 
No, when you brick a thing, it does become a brick, a brick instead of what it was it right. was supposed to be. So like my current iPhone, if I, I don't know, destroyed it in some way, now it's just a brick. Because it, it's just as good it just as a brick. It sits there, right, yeah. But so, a feature phone is not a brick phone because... The- in my like my oh, conception, so there's, so there's a brick phone, which is a which is possibly one of the old school like huge giant battery. Like you can only manage it if you have like a right. charger in your car that you that can put it big into rectangular the, white phone with the antenna sticking out of it. Right, that's a brick. Looked phone. like a brick. Yeah, about the size of a brick. Took almost two hands. Hold it up to the side yeah. of your face. Big but a, buttons like senior style. Doubles but a, as a bludgeoning weapon. Yeah. But yeah. a modernish flip phone is not a brick phone. No. Like it it's just not. a feature phone. Well, and so I don't know who wrote this. It's from the baby say. So British we, we don't know. Twerp. Um is that a British word? But I'm old and I'm sure this writer is not, and so something gets lost in the translation okay. if you don't experience it, right? So uh, yeah. He's been called out then. Totally. I want to know what happened to the phone in the Matrix that like had that little like switchblade component where you like push the button and goes whoosh. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. What happened to those? That, uh, they were feature phones. I mean, if you're going to have... I mean, that's a hell of a feature. A, if you're going to have a dumb phone, like, that seems like the best one to have. Yeah. There were, there were all kinds of different sliders that get the top from the bottom, man. 603-283-6160. Why would dumb phones be making a comeback, do you imagine? We'll talk about that coming up. Plus, we'll talk about a whole bunch of other stuff, including a 71-year-old pickleball enthusiast... Who got arrested for a felony? We'll tell you more about that here on Free Talk Live. More is on the way. And we're back. And we are back. Very good, Richie Rich. Well done. Woo! Glad you could notice. Peakless, how about you? Are we back? I, I've been here the whole time. Okay. Have you solved your technicalities? My powers have increased. <laughs> you're, you're rolling a plus four right now, hit I, points? I, okay. I just wow. leveled up. <laughs> I was in a, a comic book store recently, and uh, it looked super tiny on the outside, and I'm like, ugh, is this place just going to be like, it's going to have nothing, right? I walk in. And it is packed to the ceiling. It's got the super tall ceiling, and it's packed to the ceiling, and it's super long. Like okay. it's very, you know, you don't kind of get the full idea of what the store is going to be like because it looks really small. So it's kind of TARDIS-like, you know. Enter the quantum realm, bigger on the inside. Mm, yeah. You know? nice. uh, so at any rate, this is Free Talk Live. The telephone number six zero three two eight three six one six zero in the studio. It's myself, the captain. Speakless Mountaineer. And Rich Rich. We're talking about this article from the BBC about dumb phones making a comeback. Uh, they're talking about this lady, Miss West, who has decided to forego her smartphone uh, on a spur of the moment. Uh, her current handset uh, is has no smartphone functionality at all. No apps. Can't surf the web. Uh, and it doesn't have an expensive monthly data bill to worry about either. She says, I didn't notice until I bought a brick phone, how much a smartphone actually was taking over my life. She says, I had a lot of social media apps on it, and I didn't get as much work done as I was always on my phone. The Londoner adds that she doesn't think she'll ever buy another smartphone. I'm happy with my brick. I don't think it limits me. I'm definitely more proactive. So I bought I bought my dumb phone uh, last year, I think. Oh, it's a recent purchase for you. Is right. it your primary? It's not my primary. Okay. 
but I, I keep it as an emergency phone mm-hmm. now, so it sits charged like in my room. Okay. Um, but I bought it because last year I, w- I had to travel to Hawaii. And there were like rumors and reports and stories, and I don't, I didn't experience this when I got there, that because of the COVID restrictions, mm-hmm. right? They're like, we're going to put this tracking app on your smartphone. Oh, right, I remember that. I was yeah. like, well, screw that. I'm showing up with a dumb phone, giving them the middle finger. Nice. You know, like, what are you going to do now? So I bought, I bought the dumb phone, set up a whole new number for it. I was like, this is what I got. This is, this is my vacation phone. Yep. I'm not going to be needing the smartphone functionality. Thank you very much. Well, and I think take that's, your app and swirl. I think that's exactly what these people are thinking with this, because I mean, uh, uh, some of the show prep I was hoping to get to at some point is uh, how the UK is uh, rolling out this digital ID system, and Canada is calling for uh, mixing up the digital ID system with the vaccine passport system. Yeah, we've talked uh, on previous episodes about different countries implementing these types of things, and you know, everybody's just like, oh. Uh, but now it's progressing, right? So we're seeing marriage of multiple technologies trying, you know, government's trying to roll this into one thing now to make it a bundle. Mm-hmm. Right? This is what the, you know, the, the old cell phones yeah, it'll, be, it'll be your this. biometric ID. It'll be your vaccine passport. It'll be uh, your bank account. Yeah, no thanks. And if you have to hand the, the phone to the cops to like to check your ID you, and it's unlocked, they get access to everything. Yeah. Yeah, not not, going to happen. Well, I mean, if it keeps going in this direction, they won't have to have you hand them anything. It'll just be, oh, well, according to the tracker in your phone, it's this particular person that's in the car ahead of me. Let me just pull up all of their, you know, medical history. And I would guess amongst freedom-oriented people that, you know, dumb phones, I suspect, have always sort of had a purpose. And that being the person, I suspect more and more people are realizing that, hey, if you want to get away from not only, you know, the government tracking you and using your device as that sort of tracking, that the dumb phone is one of the ways that you can go to sort of limit that exposure. Yeah. Uh, so they are continuing a revi- or continuing to enjoy a revival. Google searches for them have jumped 89% between 2018 and 2021. So people are actively seeking dumb phones online. I think for the, the the general public, it's less about those freedom and non-tracking issues. It's more about the time sync that goes into your phone. Yeah. Like, people, they just sit there and they just zombie out on their phone. Yeah. Right? And then when you realize how much time you're wasting just doing that, they go like, eh, I'm addicted and maybe I need to put this down. Yep. And, you know, the old way, like, who wants to sit there and type out all those messages on, a, you know... The, T9 typing system. <laughs> Not you, me. You cut well, back a lot. There's well, there's some people listening, some youngsters, I'm sure, that are like, I don't know what they're talking about. They T9? don't know what tactile buttons yeah. are either. Right. So yeah. Well, and I'm sure that's a big part of it. But at the same time, I, I think this is a recrimination of big tech because if your smartphone was still providing you enough information that, like, even the time sync was worth it, that, that was valuable or true information, then people would still yeah. have a desire for, for this smartphone. Whereas at this point, I mean, there is so much censorship and so much of the information, like, even when it is true, is, like, part of a, an echo chamber that's been designed by an algorithm algorithm yeah. that that people just don't have the same level of value. I went through this this curve with the the smartphone the first one that I got that you know had the browser and the apps and stuff where I would do that I would find myself zoning out and just like oh my gosh I've been on my phone for like an hour and a half, 2 hours, right? How did that happen, you yep. know? Uh, I was only supposed to look at one thing real quick and like <laughs> next thing you know it's 
two hours have gone by. So I went through this curve where I would do that like kind of frequently. And then I realized what I was doing. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to make some changes in what I do and how I do it and my intent with my phone. You know, I eliminated basically all of the apps off of my phone. I was like, okay, only what I quote need, unquote. And to me, that's subjective, obviously. So like, but it was my, you know, I just narrowed it down to my like top seven things. That Encrypted I had to messaging in crypto wallet. Those were two, <laughs> you know. But uh, sales figures are hard to come by. But one report said that global purchases of dumb phones were due to hit one billion units last year, up from four hundred million in twenty nineteen. This compares to worldwide sales of one point four billion smartphones, following a twelve point five percent decline in twenty twenty. So. Uh, you know, folks, a certain segment of folks are, are going the way of the dumb phones Yeah, for a variety of reasons, I'm sure. Meanwhile, well, especially if your boss expects you to like check your email when you wake up in the morning, like I've only got this phone. I got to wait till I get to my work computer. Yeah. Well, and that's another benefit too. And that's the thing. If you can change the culture by just participating differently, then they stop expecting you to have a smartphone. Yep. If there are more people that just don't have one that can't check their email that can't carry a, a vaccine passport or whatever it is uh, or if uh you know you're, you're getting a new job a lot of folks are either changing jobs or returning to the workforce these days uh, or trying to it's if you have a dumb phone when you get your job you know some jobs will expect you to sort of be on all the time if it's salary that's position. what i'm saying uh, and if you just if you show up maybe you have a smartphone but if you just show up with the dumb phone it might be a good way to get your employer to pay for you to have a company phone so that you know you can you can ride the duel, right? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if I'd even want the company phone, right? Because because then there then that really is going to be expected. Like we're paying for you to have this now. You have well, to yeah, but then but then you can clock too, right? If okay. you're if you're hourly or whatever, right? If okay. you track your track your well, hours. You said like salary, you, yeah, salary, I did some yeah. salary. Yeah, uh, some places are you know they require folks to be on call that type of stuff. At least places yeah. I work for. So I, I've been in those situations as well. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Did you choose a dumb phone over a smartphone? Give us a call. Let us know why you made that decision in your life. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up, including something about pickleball. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome back, everybody. It is Free Talk Live. 
Sunday Night Edition. The telephone number here, if you'd like to join us, 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. I think you missed the start date at the beginning of the show again. I think you're right. Slacker. Captain's log start date 0403-2022. But That's we got two it weeks in, in a row. We okay. got it in, in the All first right. in the first, you know. First hour. If if that's the bar that we're setting. Um, <laughs> I, I, I won't say that I was at the bar, but you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if Picard suddenly came on and it's like, start at such and such in the middle of like, what? what? In the middle of no. the episode? No, you're not allowed. Number one, go make me a Jack and Coke. Except I don't drink Jack or Coke. Number one, whiskey. Neat. That would be my, Neat. you know, instead of... Uh, Earl Grey, hot. For me, me, this captain right here that you're listening to, be a scotch. Neat. But would you drink the synthol? I mean, true. Or would you be like Scotty and be like, nah. nah I'd be more curious be to try thing. the uh, Klingon blood wine. Mm. You know, just, or Romulan ale. Yes. A little dabble, do ya? So, uh, I, I, we're moving on from the phone thing. Okay. We're going with uh, this article uh, I think you brought in, Richie Rich. Sure. From Reason.com. That might be the one. 71-year-old pickleball enthusiast armed with Sharpie arrested for felony criminal mischief. Now, uh, we did this off the air, but can you, Richie Rich, just remind our listeners, the heck is pickleball? Okay, so pickleball is a game, and as I described it, Peakless came up with a good description of it, which is basically... Uh, a cross between badminton and ping pong. Ooh. So it's like you you play ping pong standing up over like a badminton net mm-hmm. with the wooden paddle and a wiffle ball. Oh, interesting. Right. I don't know that I've ever played pickleball. It's kind of fun. I've never you, even heard of it. it. I haven't played it in years. Did you play it in like grade school, high school, gym class, something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah. We We only did like field hockey and floor okay. hockey. Field hockey if it was nice out. Floor hockey if it wasn't. Yeah. Now, did you play this in a foreign country like Hawaii? Yes. <laughs> it is far away. An illegally occupied sovereign kingdom, where if does, you will. Where does the pickle part come in? I don't know. I don't know. I have oh. no idea. Maybe the, maybe the wood paddles are made from pickle boxes. I have no idea why it's called pickleball, but that's what it is. It's Ar- fun. Arslan, is that how you say it? A-R-S-L-A? Arslan Cooney. Or Gunny, G-U-N-E-Y, Gunny maybe? I don't know. Gunny. Arslan Gunny spent 10 years, or 10 hours, sorry. 10 years. <laughs> <Ten> years. <laughs> that is a long game. <laughs> wow. Uh, Mr. Gunny spent 10 hours in jail for making a few marks on a gym floor. He could still get three years in prison. Wow. Yes, uh, Mr. Cooney, or Gunny, sorry, worked as an engineer for Vlasic Pickles. I guess that's where the pickle comes in. I don't think I, so, but I don't think he invented the game. Is that is it just odd that he works worked for a pickle company and he was playing pickleball? Or irony of ironies. Okay. Well, he worked as an engineer for Vlasic Pickles. In retirement, he became an avid pickleball enthusiast. Now, the seventy-one-year-old Denver man finds himself in a legal pickle. Oh God, the story's got puns. <laughs> Uh, so you're all about the portmanteaus, but no puns. I'm, I'm beginning to become sour on the topic. I get it. That's right. On Thursday, 
Gunny was arrested for felony criminal mischief for allegedly defacing a gym floor at one of the city department's parks and recreation facilities. If convicted, he could face three years in prison. The Denver Parks Department has also banned Gunny from its facilities and is demanding that he pay close to $10,000 to cover the cost of his vandalism. That's ridiculous. So, I mean, like, I could, I know Sharpie's permanent, so it's okay. probably difficult to get out of the floor or whatever, but like... As we get through this, I believe the article has a picture of the defacement, and it's 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 a little mark on the ground. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, there is. It's like, yeah, he drew like a square somehow on the floor, and yeah, it doesn't look like it's really even very big. Oh, Interesting. The vandalism in question, Gunny had used a permanent marker to draw small squares around pre-existing black X marks made by a Parks Department employee to mark out a pickleball course. So he didn't even add anything like bad. It wasn't vandalism. They already had marks on the ground, right? And he just made them more distinct. Drew a border around the the existing marks, right? Like you don't even need to go clean that up. Right, pay the man for his service for making it better. He <laughs> yeah, improved. He literally improved the the playing <laughs> surface. It's a horrible misstand- misunderstanding. He immediately apologized. He immediately wanted to sit down and resolve the issue. Says Holland Hoskins, the Denver attorney and former public defender representing Gunny. Why are you going to arrest this gentleman and put him in jail? She asks. Vandal. People have lo- yes, yeah, seventy-one-year-old vandal. What a horrible, horrible. We caught him. Yeah. The pickleball Sharpie King. (laughs) (laughs) The streets are safe. Finally. Yeah. The pickleball Sharpie King has (laughs) has been apprehended and faces three years. There's going to be a social media post of all the police with the Sharpie on the table. This is what will will replace all of the chatter about uh, what's his name and what's her name and and, and the the dude slapping the other dude at the thing. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. It's true. We only insinuate. Yeah. People have long been playing pickleball, a kind of oversized table tennis game similar to tennis or badminton, at Denver Central Park Recreational Center. The center's multi-use gym floor had permanent lines for basketball and volleyball, but not pickleball. Instead, the center provided players with floppy, removable yellow markers that could be used to stake out temporary pickleball court markings. This was hardly ideal. Setting up the yellow markers was time-consuming, and they didn't do a great job of marking off a court. Some of the players also complained that the movable markers were a tripping hazard. Of course. Of course. You're on a you know a slick-looking floor that's yeah. all nice and waxed and polished or whatever. That's why they don't raise the three-point line on the basketball court. Right. Well, now maybe they should. <laughs> Without the, for a more what? entertaining game. <laughs> Especially with the dribbling. Just his, his toe was on the line. <laughs> How do we know? They all start wearing. <laughs> they all start wearing like football pads, and now you've invented tackle basketball. At any rate, to make the setup easier, a parks department employee added black X marks on the floor of the gym in fall of 2021. But avid players were still eager for their own permanent markings. At the beginning of 2022, they recruited Gunny, affectionately known as the Mayor of Pickleball. He was entrapped. Because of his enthusiasm for the game to negotiate with the Parks Department. Here's what you got to do, Gunny. Just go in there with a Sharpie and make us our own court, okay? <laughs> yeah, we, we'll even supply the Sharpie. Here you go. This is all you need. Conspiracy for defacement. <laughs> Earlier this month, 
Gunny and the Parks Department had a meeting where department staff said they'd work on expanding the number of hours that the general the Central Parks gym could be used for pickleball and consider making permanent markings. They also told, told Gunny to come up with a diagram for precisely where temporary markings should go so that gym staff could more quickly get the court set up. Gunny agreed. After regularly scheduled pickleball uh, the following Monday, he surveyed the court in preparation for making his diagram, noticing that some of the pre-existing X marks on the gym floor were in the wrong spot. Gunny borrowed a marker from Recreation Center staff and drew black squares around the correctly positioned X's. He doesn't think anything of it. He thinks he's doing the right thing, says Hoskins. That's not how the Parks Department saw it. Of course, when the man gets involved. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, getting in trouble for filling in potholes. Yep, right. Or yeah. building stairs for building elderly stairs, people. Yeah, for, in, in a park yeah. that are well built, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Building uh, effective bridges without a permit. When people showed up to play the next day, they were greeted with a sign that says, Pickleball has been canceled. You vandals! Stay out of our gym. We'll find out more about what happened to Pickleball after it was canceled because of this vandals sharpie markings. Coming up here on Free Talk Live, 603 603- Two eight three six one six zero. It's Free Talk Live. Listening to the show is what you're doing. Talking into a microphone is what I'm doing. It's sitting here bobbing my head to the music is what I'm doing. Piglis, what are you doing? None of your business. Um, <laughs> just don't be breaking the studio anymore. Enough of that already for one night. I made it better. All right. Oh, did you improve it now? I did. Hopefully, hopefully you didn't use a Sharpie and draw on anything like this guy did. I helped put out the fires. You made them worse. Worse or better? Uh, before we continue talking about this uh, pickleball vandal who faces three years in prison for marking on a gymnasium floor. Public gymnasium floor. <laughs> with a Sharpie he borrowed from a staff member of the Parks Department. Uh, before we continue telling you about that, uh, Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol and we're big fans of that here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it is really taking off now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. Imagine that. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line about COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming and now we're streaming every night live and posting our video archives to Odyssey permanently. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, you can download the library desktop app over at lbry.com. And then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. Visit video.freetalklive.com to follow us on Odyssey today. That's video.freetalklive.com. All right, so this guy, what was his name? I don't remember. Gunny. Gunny, thank you. Sounds like, uh, what was the movie? Like, Was it um, it's a military movie? 
like Gunny Sergeant or Gunnery Sergeant, right? And they called sure. him Gunny or whatever. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like Full Metal Jacket. Full, that's the one. Thank you. Or was it Apocalypse Now? I don't remember. One of the two. Anyway, uh, this gentleman named Gunny, uh, <laughs> pickleball enthusiast. Uh, the, worked at a pickle company. Uh, worked at a pickle company. The quote-unquote mayor of pickleball, according to his friends and all the other players who played pickleball. Uh, they they all voted him like the leader basically. They're like, hey man, you're the mayor of pickleball, and you know this court is substandard to our to our play. Can you petition you know or go talk to the people and you know make it right? And so he did. And so in doing so, he borrowed a sharpie to make some markings a little more legible on the floor well, and to correct the markings apparently yep. where they were incorrect. And uh, the next day, uh, they canceled pickleball. Boo. The Parks Department, that was, or that is. So later that night, Gunny received an email from the Parks Department saying that because of markings he made on the gym floor, which they said couldn't be removed without damaging the floor's finish, he was no longer allowed to use department-run recreation facilities or participate in recreation programs. Does, does this sound like, like a miscommunication? Like he was talking with someone from the Parks Department, and we're like, yeah, we're going to help you out. Yeah. And then someone else from the Parks Department, like some higher up who didn't know what was going on, like, no, this is intolerable. Yeah. Well, and in fact, they had asked him to put together a diagram right. of, of what it would look like. Misunderstanding, maybe. But when I hear someone say diagram, I don't mean on the physical thing. I mean, like, draw me something. Sure. Okay. Uh, but but well, I'm, no, but I'm like saying he that. Did, like, he did actually draw them something. And then later on, it's like, wait, wait, these are all wrong. But he drew it on the actual surface. With so, their <laughs> market. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so so if he's not allowed to go back there, does that make him the mayor of Pickleball in exile? Ooh. Ooh. I believe it does. It's his new title. Things only got worse from there. On Wednesday, he received a call from a detective with the Denver Police Department, who obviously have nothing better to do with <laughs> their time, because Denver is perfect. When yeah, it comes no to crime, violence whatsoever. there's no rape kits that need testing in Denver. They've all been tested and everybody's been, you know, justice has been dispensed. We've matched the fingerprints on the Sharpie. There's no murders to solve. <laughs> From that Sharpie to the ink on the ground. We've got you, Gunny. We've got you. <laughs> so Detective So-and-So gives this guy a call and says that the Parks Department has filed a criminal complaint. Why would you need a detective for this? We know who did it. He's right there. He says he did it. He's the mayor of Pickleball. Well, better than sending out a beat cop. He's well known in the community. Yeah. <laughs> he works at a pickle like, factory. What, what detecting do you need to do here? You're a detective? Detect! Detect! <laughs> uh, they filed a criminal complaint for felony criminal mischief and that they were going to issue an arrest warrant. This unnecessary. So this is so dumb. completely unnecessary. He, we all know he did it, right? It's not like he's denying it, right? But if we don't put him behind bars, he might go to other gyms, and right on their floors, it will be chaos. Like f- file the if if you have to file the criminal complaint, right? See if the district attorney's office even wants to do anything with this, right? And if not, just let him go, or you know whatever. But. Who's why would they even want to prosecute this at all? I I don't usually Pure evil. I don't usually look over at the at the chat, uh, but I like to every you know once a show or something. Somebody I don't know if it's true or not. He says the creator of the game named it after his dog Pickle. Okay, 
I, I have no as idea believable as any yeah. other story about it. I've only played it. I don't really. I don't know the the historical lore of pickleball. So anyway, uh, Detective Richard Cranium from the Denver Police Department. <laughs> I don't know. If that's. I'm just making up nope, a I name for this detective because they Definitely. haven't said what it is yet. Uh, Gunny shocked and horrified tried to contact the Parks Department to sort things out. He was met with silence. At this point, people started contacting Hoskins, an avid pickleball player herself, to see if she could help Gunny. This is the attorney now. Hoskins says she visited the Central Park Rec Center to examine the markings for herself and didn't even notice them at first. (laughs) You have to get on the floor and look at them. It's a tiny little square over an X. People were using the court for basketball at the time and told her that they weren't bothered by the markings at all. Assuming there had been some big misunderstanding, Hoskins agreed to represent Gunny pro bono. Immediately, she set about trying to get a meeting with the Parks Department and sort everything out, but the department didn't budge. They said that they wanted Gunny arrested and were set on pursuing felony criminal charges. If you wear the wrong shoes to the gym, you're going to leave a scuff mark bigger than what he did with the Sharpie. So let's just pause here for a little anti-statist public service announcement. Okay. Uh, this is what is wrong with the organization known as the state, or commonly referred to as government. Uh, it it doesn't even matter if you intend to be a good person, an honest person, an ethical person, a moral person. If you work for the organization known as the state, you are going to do horrible things to other people. It's just the nature of the game. The state government, it is an antique, horrific, and barbaric method of managing what i don't know society does it even do that i no, it doesn't but it's a horrific way to organize people and it has been and it needs to go away because this is the kind of useless crap that permeates the entire country if not the entire world because the entire world now is claimed by some government there's no place on planet earth unless you're uh, you know you got some gills that you can you know live underwater or whatever there's no place no land on planet earth that isn't claimed by a government there's nowhere to go for people who want to just be voluntary and peaceful and let people live and live themselves as long as they're not hurting anybody else and the seasteading project is taking way too long yeah i well, i mean there's several Good ideas that are. I like the idea. <laughs> I like the idea. It's just like every every update is like we've got this new prototype that we've been working on for how this is going to work. Like, do build something already. It's time to go. I mean, worst case scenario here. Like, let's just say the facts they're reporting here in this article are true. The guy marked up the floor. Okay, what's it going to cost to like undo that? Right, you got to like buff the floor out and restain it, or you know whatever you got to do to the floor. That was going to be my other point. This seems less like a criminal problem and more like a civil problem, where it's right. just a, you know how much. Okay, how much is it going to cost? And I'm sure someone as well established in the community as him is going to get some financial support to remedy this misunderstanding. All the pickleballers and the pickle factory workers sure, could like you'll throw perfect. the the plate around. And- it's an example of what they call anarcho-tyranny where you get all of the worst things that people are afraid of with anarchy and you get complete tyranny at the same time. So if you're stealing a billion dollars from the people at large, oh no, you get away with that, scot-free. If you're actually a dangerous criminal, well, it would be dangerous to pursue you so you get away free too. But if you used a sharpie on the floor, oh, we gotta put you away for years. 603 283 6160. Would you take your pickleball and go home? 
More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Hour number two is next. Kicking off hour number two of Free Talk Live. The telephone number here is 603-283-6160 if you would like to call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Peakless Mountaineer. And Rich Rich. Uh, We've been talking about this article from Reason.com where... A Mr. Gunny has uh, is facing apparently felony charges up to three years in prison for using a Sharpie that he borrowed from a Parks and Recs Department employee to make pickleball markings so they could play pickleball more effectively on the gymnasium floor at the Park and Rec Center. <laughs> Which is just... the reason The reason that this has happened is because somebody... With a state job, right, in yep. Colorado, was like, well, that's not going to happen on my watch. He'll feel the wrath of me and the bureaucracy. Ha, 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 right? As so they, glad I left. And this I hope is what happens when out. you get Californians. I hope they figure this out and it goes nowhere. Like, they resolve it. DEA decides not to prosecute. I hope so, but I doubt it. So, okay. I mean, there's there's too much to gain. What is there to gain? Oppression? Money? Uh, another tick mark, a little, uh, aha, I got this one. I got the, it's, it's like, uh, it's like quotas with tickets. Okay. I hope this goes viral enough where the outpour of support in favor of Gunny is enough to overwhelm that DA where they're like, this is too much bad press for us. Yeah. So Gunny, of course, goes to the park and Rex folks and is like, Hey, uh, there must be some kind of misunderstanding, you know, clearly like, is there, how can I set this right? And they're like, no, be gone. You are exiled, Mr. Mayor of Pickle, Pickletown, Pickleball, whatever they call him. Uh, the Parks Department proving implacable. Gunny handed himself over to police on Thursday. He had to turn himself in, be booked, arrested with a mugshot and fingerprints, says Hoskins, his attorney. Hoskins worked overtime to get her client a hearing where he was finally given a $5,000 personal recognizance bond that allowed him to go home. He ended up spending 10 hours in jail. So so $5,000 bond. And 10 hours of his time. 10 hours of his time. Well, more than 10 hours, right? Okay. He turned himself into the drive time and then, you know, drive back. Like, why the 5,000? He's cooperated every step of the way. Just give him a court date. Yeah. Like, let him go. Yeah. Hoskins argues that the charges brought against Gunny are totally inappropriate. Criminal mischief requires criminal intent. You have to knowingly damage property, she says. Hoskins also says that Gunny is willing to cover the costs of removing the markings he made, but that the $10,000 in damages is a wild overestimate. And it's already cost the guy five grand, at least temporarily. Temporarily. Possibly permanent if he gets convicted, right? I don't think so. They give you that back? No, well, they give you the bond back because the bond is just to make sure you show up. Okay. Um, A lot of times they will allow you to put the bond towards whatever fine right but you'd also know you don't have to post your own bond so the bond whoever holds the bond gets the money back okay either way 
The Parks Department did not return Reason's request for comment. In a statement to the Washington Post, a department spokesperson said, Defacing and damaging public property is unacceptable, a criminal offense. It will not be tolerated in any of our public buildings or spaces. How do they even find the markings? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Like, who's looking that close? Like, the Karen. basketball players. Okay. The basketball players didn't even notice. Like, <laughs> oh, we don't care. It's, it's a little square on the ground. Like, who cares? Um, so Hoskins says the Denver District Attorney's Office should make a decision on whether to pursue charges against Gunny either today or tomorrow. That's what I, I hope they don't. I, I mean, it's just the most ridiculous thing. And but but this is what people do with the state. The state is is a gun hiding behind you know paper bureaucracy. And so when people do something somebody else doesn't like, they go, "I'm going to sick the largest organization of violence known to mankind on that particular individual." Well, this will teach these people to leave their houses in the first place. Don't they know there's a pandemic on? It's not like the Parks and Rec Department is made for people to like you know go and do recreational things. In and at and on. I mean, I get it. I get it. You don't have to explain the badness of the state to me, but at the same time, like a, a little com, someone there has to have a little bit of common sense. If not, no, be, if not, be persuaded by the attorney. Going like, maybe not at the Parks and Recreations Department, but at the DA's office. Like, do you want to be the DA that pursues this? Is you that know, your assignment? I mean, Another notch some, in your belt. Yeah, some up-and-comer who's yes. like, you know. Yes, yeah. like, like when you're trying to be a DA and continue to be one, it's like, okay, here's how many I successfully prosecuted. Right. And that could be a bragging point for them, too. Yeah, I even got the pickleball guy convicted. I got the mayor. I convicted the mayor of pickleball. Yeah. All right. Right. Could be Teach a you to face public property. Uh, let's go and to. And it will serve as a warning for people who want to deface other public property. Let's go to your calls and thoughts and see what's going on in listener land. We have Sarah in New Mexico calling. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Um, you know, I just want to bring up the point that, you know, that cars are manufactured to go up to, what, what, 160 miles per hour, or it used to be 120 miles per hour. Some even faster. Yeah, some speedometers used to go up to 210. Well, right. she's talking about the the car, the speed that the cars are manufactured for. Oh, I see. And I'm pretty sure the um, high end for the stock vehicles is over 200 for those luxury. Okay. Races. So, uh, assuming that's all true, what what is your issue with them being manufactured to that standard, Sarah? Yeah, but it's it's kind of ironic. So why why are they? Uh, wanting to give out so many speeding tickets and they complain about speeders here in Albuquerque and New Mexico and all over. And the most, I mean, the, like the highest speed limit is 85 miles per hour in some freeways in some state, but I don't see 112. There's there's actually a state that has no speed limit whatsoever during the day uh, for non-trucks. It's Montana, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Montana during the day, at least uh, the last time I drove through it, uh, had no speed limit during the day. So just for that state, we have to manufacture cars that go up to 160 miles per hour. Well, you know, manufacture because that's what people want. Yeah, I, I, I suspect that uh, nobody has really thought about manufacturing a car. There are things called governors that 
if you drive like a fleet truck for a company or a company vehicle and they don't want you speeding, uh, they can put a governor on your vehicle and that will limit how fast you can go. So there's, you know, third party, the market has sort of provided for that if folks want that on their vehicles. Or if you're just like a parent and you're like, my kid will never speed and you put a governor on the car that doesn't let them go over 55. Which is dumb because so sometimes evasive well, maneuvers requires you to mm-hmm. speed up. Yeah. Well, like uh, passing somebody or speeding up into getting into a freeway, mm-hmm. um, it does. But, I mean, speeding, like, what, more than 15, 20 miles? I, I'm just I'm just pushing to well, get our speed limit up to maybe 110 at the most or 90. I would love just to limit it. Yeah. Hour that, I think speed limits should be eliminated. I mean, in fact, speed limits are kind of yeah, just They were a- supposed to be. I mean, this was put in as a temporary program because we had a gas shortage at the right. time. And they found out that, like, okay, well, somewhere around, like, 45 miles an hour is really the sweet spot for gas. Uh, fuel efficiency so they put in all of these speed limits to keep people as close to that speed as they thought was reasonable at the time they and when they did it they said this is a temporary measure it will only exist for as long as this gas crunch is on but of course as soon as they did that the the money was rolling in so they just held on to them you mean a government program that was supposed to be temporary became permanent you don't say that it's like that never happens ever I'm kidding, of course, because that happens with almost every government program that ever claims to be temporary. Income tax, uh, all the CSA crap. Yeah. Um, the thing is that we got to do that. We're we have a really high gas price right now, so that is a good policy to. I say no. let people do no, no, what no, they no. want to yeah. with their own I, gas. I have an idea, though, that uh, a reason that perhaps may answer your question, Sarah, because somebody needs to be able to make high-speed car chases for Hollywood films and television. And if cars didn't go that fast, they wouldn't be able to make these scenes. Thanks for the call tonight, Sarah. 603-283-6160. Have you owned a car that goes up to 210? Have you ever buried the needle? Give us a call. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join us, we'll get to your calls in just a moment. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. It occurs to me that I'm old, and there might be some listeners who are young, who have never experienced an analog speedometer in a car. Okay. Because there's digital speedometers in you know, a lot of the cars these days. So I like the digital ones. So the term burying the needle might not be clear is what I'm talking about when we when we before we went to break. I was like, have you ever buried the needle? Maybe like not people in that are like context. people are like, Oh I shoot up in my car all the time. Like I don't know what you know what possible things they could be imagining burying the needle means. But uh, the analog speedometer, of course, uh, is just a needle that appears on the dashboard, goes from left to right as you increase your speed. And when it goes all the way to the right, sometimes it'll go so far that it disappears from view. 
uh, at least in the old cars, I'm going to say pre-1980. I think almost every car had an analog speedometer. And uh, if you did that, the, the, the needle itself would just disappear from view. And that's known as burying the needle or going faster than what the car can register. Yep. That's happened on a couple cars. My moped. Bury the needle mm-hmm. on that thing. Yep. So that's our little factoid for this edition of Free Talk Live. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, let's go to the phones. Let's check in with Stephen in Northwest Georgia. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, so first of all, I have buried the needle. You're welcome. I'm a cool guy. Hey, thanks. I'm important. Yeah. Um, second of all, I have figured out everything except for one aspect of this whole pickleball conundrum. Oh, okay. All right, right, lay it on us, man. Here's here's why this is happening. It's happening because they legalized marijuana. If they didn't legalize marijuana, then they would still be pulling over people for selling flowers and selling plants to each other, and they'd have a bunch of – they would have any time to do anything else well, they they, they can still board. arrest you for that. So the pot dealers are running oh, cover they? for the pickleball oh, yeah. vandals. Oh yeah, I mean it's legalized, but only if you have a permit for oh, selling it. You just well well. You, oh yeah. The you other just thing. I, my argument. Well, the other thing I want to say is that uh, this a bunch of states have done what what they call decriminalization. And that doesn't mean what it sounds like at all. Decriminalization sounds like they said, hey, marijuana is no longer a criminal offense. That's what it sounds like, but that is indeed not the case in any way, shape, or form. What decriminalization means in the states that have done so with marijuana means that it's still illegal, it's still a law on the books, but they are going to make it the lowest priority to prosecute. It's a citation instead of a misdemeanor. Right. And so that's, and it's this horrific bastardization of words that I really hate. The government does it all the time, of course. They use words that don't mean what you think it means, and they use them in the wrong way. Or they invent new words to describe something horrific, like uh, you know, war, right? Murdering people with bombs, and they call it uh, kinetic military action. Or the Department of Defense. Right. Because that doesn't sound as bad as murdering people with heavy explosives. Or the Department of War, as it used to be called. Right. So, Stephen, uh, have we blown your theory to smithereens? You have. Well, maybe, maybe not, because what he's saying is they used to go after pot people, mm-hmm. and even if it's a low offense, they're still not, and that gives them more time to go after people like the pickleball vandal. Is that the extent well, of your theory? That's the extent of my theory, but here's, here's the question that all this revolves around. When they, got, when they legalized marijuana, when they decriminalized it, whatever it is, yeah, when yeah. they did that, did they... Did they fire a bunch of drug cops, or did they say, hey, let's rebrand you to be the Parks and Rec Police? <laughs> because believe it or not, no, believe it or not, a bunch of school systems, like, hey, we're here to educate your kids, also have SWAT teams. And they're not there to do, like, school shootings or anything, because that's will just flood the situation. Well, that's, the students are there for as that. Many units on... <laughs> the what? I don't think that's what he meant. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think he meant perform. You're just like real dark. Continue. <laughs> Richard Rich is kind of a dark guy. But um but no, like I, I just wonder, hey, when they got rid of these walls or they changed the walls up a little bit, what did they do with all of these specialized units? And once again, no one wants their boss to come over and they're sitting on their butt. So do you just like look for things and do you just go and 
hey, that guy, he's an easy target because he plays pickleball. Let me go mess with the pickleball guy. My other question is, is the detective and the people at the Parks and Rec, are they, uh, are they having uh, themselves a happy relationship? Are they doing each other favors here? Because I, I really feel like if I was a detective and you called me about this, I'd just scream at you and hang up. But... <laughs> Yeah, but no, they're pursuing it. No, he's pursuing yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds like somebody's yeah. doing something. Anyway, hey, thanks for the call tonight, Stephen. We appreciate it. Uh, I figure what's what's happening with this is just. Uh, I mean, it's strange. It's the same reason I want to get rid of the government, and the same reason that most people don't care to get rid of the government is that just a few people at random will be targeted. And a few people just at random will, you know, experience this terrible thing where they can, you know, face fines and imprisonment for no good reason. Yeah. And, like, what's happening here is he's not being given the opportunity to make it right. He wants to make it right. He's offered to make it right. He's offered to make it right. He's said, you know, on paper, allegedly, that he will, you know, whatever the cost is to, you know, make it right, he'll he'll pay not whatever the cost is, though. Because he said ten thousand is a little much. Let's negotiate down to what the actual cost is. Right, right. But still, yeah. he has said that you know if if it costs some money to make it right, I I have some money. Right. You know, I'll, I'll throw some money at it to you know make make it right with you. I'm sorry. Right. So he's apologetic. Right. And like this type of a thing, I mean, not that the state is ever required to settle a dispute like this, but this type of a thing should never, ever, ever have men with guns involved in it yeah this is a a civil dispute between people the only reason men with guns are involved is because well it is a government facility the parks and recs department is paid for by your theft i'm sorry your tax dollars it still seems more of a civil matter than a criminal matter yeah if this were private parties how would this play out they would they would likely say hey we wanted you to do a diagram not mark up the court we had to clean the court. Here's the cleaning bill. You got to cover it. And if he's true to his word, he would cover the cleaning bill or get cleaners of his own because he's he seemed apologetic. Mm-hmm. Right. It's clearly a misunderstanding. I don't th- I don't see any private party taking it to that extent when the make good is clean the marking off the floor. Right. Right. That's it. That's all you have to do. That that brings you whole again. I'm trying to think about and, and if anyone and if anyone didn't want to make good on it, then no one would want to do business with them. Yeah. Right, I'm trying to think of a another like who has a facility like this that's not the state or the county or the well, uh, any private high school like or a church for yeah. example. Sometimes churches will have like a, a gymnasium type thing in it, right? So if it was a church and this happened at a church, all the church would want is for the markings to you know be gone. Maybe uh, made because right. it was Maybe. it was there to like mark out where the permanent markings were going to be that right. they were considering anyway. In any other situation, this would be easy to resolve and would probably not even make the news. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Yes, come on and listen to Free Talk Live seven nights a week from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, it's a really awesome show. You like frat boys trying to make each other laugh. I, I've never been part of a fraternity officially. My college didn't even have them. You went to college? I did. Nice. Yeah. I didn't go to like, you know, a college college. I went to like one of these, uh, 
it was basically a trade school. I went for audio engineering, so like art school. They have that, well, you know, those courses. It's technically university, but whatever. Oh, fancy <laughs> Did you have to take SATs? I did. Yeah? Yeah, bef- uh, high school to get into college. Yeah. Yeah. College? Peakless? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I tried college a couple of times. I mean, I went to a bunch of college then, parties. Eventually got in trouble in uh, philosophy class for having too many of my own thoughts. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. That that was that was my straw that broke the camel's back. Like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I I lived in the we'll call it the university area uh, of uh, Seattle, Washington. Okay. And I was in my early twenties, and I would just go to like the local bars and just sort of hang out and meet people. And frequently, uh, college kids, you know, who were of age, twenty one or whatever, would be at the bars and like, yeah, you know, we're going to this party. And I'm like. Can I come? Yeah, sure. Nice. And so I would, I got all the cool benefits of going to college <laughs> without actually going to college or having to pay, you know, the <laughs> money, like for a real university. I was at like, you know, they call it college row with all the fraternities and the, you know, whatever the, the Latin, you know, things are. About Didn't have to take an 8 a.m. exam hungover. That, that would be Greek. All. Greek. Thank you. Yes. Greek row is what they call the, the thing. And so like, I would just sort of happen my way into these college parties and drink and party with college age kids and have a great time and but at no expense to me nice <laughs> it was pretty great anyway 603-283-6160 if you would like to call in talk about whatever's on your mind captain's pro tip on getting free booze in a college town <laughs> I'm, just, I'm a man of many experiences and that was one of them <laughs> I, I t- it worked repeatedly too. Like I did it the once, and like for like you know the next two three days or something. I'm like that was so cool. I just was at the bar having a beer, and like this group of eight or ten people, you know, dudes and chicks, and you know, we just started. We were like playing pool or something. Sure. I don't know. And you know, we started hanging out and drinking and having a good time and laughing and carousing. And you know, next thing I know, I'm following these guys to a, a party, and I'm like, I wonder if I can do that again. <laughs> and so I went out to a different bar this time and. Kind of the same thing occurred, you know, and I'm like, this is awesome. So anyway, uh, we're going to switch gears here. We're going to talk about uh, this bit from, what's this from? I don't even know how to say that. Uh, it looks like it's from Futurism. It's That's called a, a Future Without Work. Ooh. The subtext headline is fully automated luxury communism could give us our lives back. Oh, my God. First of all, that's a horrible acronym. FALC, fully automated luxury communist. First terrible of all, terrible falking uh, acronym there. First of terrible. Yeah, what the FALC is going on? Here. I know. First of all, I'm pretty sure luxury communism is an oxymoron. Like military intelligence is an oxymoron. Jumbo shrimp is an oxymoron. Right, I I don't think is luxury well, communism. We only starve you halfway. I don't. Yeah, like I can't remember the documentary from a few years ago. There was like part one, part two, part three, and this this part one was like this, and some French dude named Jacques and his future world, and so this idea of fully automated luxury communism is not all that new, and I think what the article is picking up on is. Uh, trying to wedge that into the current anti-work movement as well. The article begins, can you imagine a world where nobody has to work? 
No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure nobody already has a job. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about our co-host. Nobody who's Bzing. on an other days of the week than I am currently. A world in which people are free, really free, to pursue their hobbies and interests. A world in which people don't have to decide between watching their children grow up and working to provide for them. A world with rainbows and gumdrops where it rains donuts for no reason. So, again, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here because automation moves forward, Mm -hmm. right? And technology moves forward. Jobs, people in jobs that your job is just to to push the button, they get displaced, right? Mm -hmm. Fast food workers, factory workers, boom, you're out. This has always been the case. Has always been the case. And in order for that to happen... You have to have someone who programs the robots, and you have to have someone who fixes them when they break down. Right. The job market so just shifts. Somebody's going to work. Right. Somebody's going to work. A world. Sure. Imagine a world without poverty and the pressure to earn money. A world without. I can't say that word. I, I can imagine that. Yeah. There's a there's a bad word written here in the article. Okay. A world without BS jobs that have no use and purpose whatsoever. Like, what are they trying to get at? They're telling me this job has no use or purpose? I think it does. This vision, this utopia called fully automated luxury communism, what is it? Well, let's find out. When living to work doesn't work anymore. In recent years, the discussion of the effects of automation of the world of work has been dominated by fear. There have been numerous studies published on the subject. Sometimes it's as many as 20% of the jobs that are threatened by automation. And other times, it's more than 50%. In any case, the general tone is, be afraid. Mass unemployment and poverty are on the way. The future will be dystopic. Dystopic. Is that true? Uh, And just as a side note, recently we covered a topic of something like as close to 90% of truck drivers could be displaced due to automated semi-trucks hitting the market. So when all of the normal jobs, right, get displaced, the what the average human being is capable of, and you have these highly specialized jobs to just keep the machines going, what do all those displaced people do? Like new industries get created, well, sure. Well, you're, you're talking about a hypothetic, hypothetical situation that I don't think will ever exist. Okay. Now, that's my opinion. I can, I can you know, sort of play along the what-if game. Yeah. Um. But I don't think that there is going to come a time when the marketplace doesn't just shift, right? There, there may be, uh, you know, more things like cashiers or personal assistants or, you know, I don't know, housekeepers, right? Stuff that, you know, if, if automation progresses in such a way in, in whatever industry or industries to displace that many people at the same time, um, then, you know, there, there could be trouble. But I don't think it's going to happen at the same time. It's going to happen to an industry at a time, and the market will shift. The workers will be displaced in their current jobs, but they'll be able to find other jobs or be retrained and go and be productive somewhere else. Sure. Yeah, I think there's always going to be work. It's just the work itself changes. I mean, there are certain things that machines are bad at. And even even people who are not, you know, especially high functioning are way better than a machine at those things. But so, can there be an end game to that? Right. Like all mm-hmm. the work, all the work that needs to be done, right, is done by the machines. And all the le- all that's left is the work that you want to do because it gives you value and pride and some sort of 
feel good feeling that you've accomplished something. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I'm still waiting for like cleaning the bathroom to be automated. Okay. Wait well, for that. Well, and I mean, if you get rid of the regulations that are keeping us from building a world like that, then we'll move in that direction. I mean, like right now, one of the biggest uh, hurdles that we have is that everything, everything is basically run by the oil companies. So they don't want anyone cutting in on their deals. So you can't even make efficient energy technologies. In economics, there is a well-known problem regarding economic prosperity. Employers want cheap labor, but they also want customers who can pay. Well, you can't have both, says the article. In the 1950s, Henry Ford, the second owner of the automobile manufacturer Ford, famously asked the head of the automobile union, how are you going to get these robots to pay membership fees? The union boss answered, Henry, how are you going to get them to buy your cars? Neither of them had an answer. 603-283-6160. We'll get our co-hosts' opinions on this. Plus more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to Free Talk Live. The telephone number in the studio, if you want to join in the conversation, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. I want to tell you that Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started up at the top of the page. And once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse to ignore this important and world-changing information. We were talking last night, too, a little bit uh, about the cryptocurrency and how just in 10 years, like how much like use has expanded, mm. even though the, the UIs still kind of suck and wallets are, are just getting off the ground and, you know, working with exchanges is difficult at best. And there's fights between the government and the exchanges and the users and, you know, with what needs to happen and, you know, the KYC information and, who you know, privacy and all that kind of stuff. But still, yeah. but still like the, the guest we had on was able to book airfare, Airbnb, hotel, you know, use cryptocurrency to dine and get groceries and all of that kind of stuff just in a short 10 years. I kind of want to blame some of the Bitcoin people early on for like asking to be regulated for some of those delays. Mm. Yeah, they if you ask to be regulated, you you're going to get regulated. Yeah, I'd... please state regulated so we know we're not breaking the rules. Well, I mean, they haven't come up with a clear set of regulations yet. Yeah. Um, but you, I thought I thought it, that was a great uh, a great analogy that you made. That this is the early years of the modem, where like it takes up your phone line and it still beeps and it's this terrible noise. But you know, noise. give it a minute; it's going to switch back over so that uh, it reaches the point where instead of it uh, instead of it running on the phone line, the phone line runs on the internet. So if you're already a knowledgeable crypto user, you can check out news.bitcoin.com and get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news on a very slick and easy-to-use website. Visit Bitcoin.com. All right. We've got some calls. Let's go to Jill in Virginia. Jill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, 
don't want such a world as the one they're talking about. I think it would be ridiculous. Still, somebody would have to run the machines and know how to work them. But, Maybe. Machines but can be taught anyhow, to program themselves. I don't have yeah, a job now, but wrong. I've been trying to get Sky one, Net? and I was proud to have a job when I had one, and I, I was proud to work. I don't. I think that's a cultural shift, though. Like I don't, <clears throat> I don't think the current generation of workers is proud of the work um, that they're doing. Yeah, Jill, why do you suppose that is? You know, seems to not be the case. Why do you suppose people are not proud of what they do and and the type of work they do? Well, how do I don't know? How, are you sure they're not? Well, I don't know. In some cases, they might not be allowed to do the work the way they think would be best. I was in a furniture factory where there was a lot of pieces, flimsy pieces of wood that I didn't want to use, mm-hmm. and I was uh, told I had to use them anyhow. So uh, that would diminish my pride in the job somewhat. Still, I was proud of uh, standing there and being faithful and. And not uh, and not uh, trying to get out of doing doing the work by by malingering on the job. So. Mm. I think Jordan Peterson calls it like the dignity of work, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you, your job needs to be dignified. And where I am sympathetic and me, me supportive of the anti-work movement, right, is you go out, you get the job. There's supposed to be dignity in your work, right? And then the government just comes in and debases the hell out of the currency. And so all the value that you would have gotten is robbed from you. Mm. And then you look at previous generations where it wasn't that bad, right? Like the greatest generation, like my parents, whatever, like my grandparents, there was dignity in work because you got paid a wage that supported a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as exotic as some of the lifestyles are now, but it was, you know a working class living and working class wages and the current generation has working class living right but much less than working class wages yeah when you consider the inflation and the and the problems with uh, that of what the government has done to the money well and just to pile on the stuff your your list of stuff uh, uh, there's also been a switch from that time to this time where you know for a family to support itself it has to be a two income family but I don't think game the government changer. should be making money. I think the government. I think that money should be should be if it's such money is printed should be done by private companies and it, if it stand, should stand for a certain amount of metal and a certain so like a certain amount of gold or a certain amount of silver and if it puts the amount on that uh, on that piece of paper and won't come across with with when the person comes to turn it in then the, then the company should be sued for criminal fraud. So it's 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 not a company doing it, right? But I thought this was a game changer. The news came out. We covered it on uh, my podcast yesterday, and my other cohorts weren't as enthusiastic about it as me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Russia tying the ruble uh, to 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 gold. I'm super enthusiastic about it. You it and me really, both, buddy. It really is. It's the first step in. I mean, because yeah, this whole this whole scam. That our country is running on the entire world, including its own people, is based on the fact that the the value of gold never goes up, that there's all of this phony paper gold going around, and this is finally something that will be an upward pressure on the value of gold. I hope so. Well, but my I don't think were like, the government no. should be allowed to, make, to print the money. I don't think it should be done by government. It should be done by private people who... 
and as long as they don't falsify it, they should be allowed to do it. Well, yeah. and the, and and the person who did that, Bernard von Nuthouse, with the Liberty Dollar, right, got sh- shut down, jailed, prosecuted, because he was issuing paper currency backed by gold. And he was issuing the actual gold and silver rounds as well. Yeah. They, 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 they wouldn't let him. Uh, there's, uh, the, the man's name was Bernard von Nuthouse. Or Bernard, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Bernard von Nuthouse. Not Nuthouse, Nuthouse, N-O-T-H-O-U-S-E. Uh, you can look when him up that? on the internet. Um, decade ago, a little more. Oh, really? I, st- I still I still carry a like a two thousand eight Liberty dollar. On yeah, me. yeah. So well, well and there that was is wrong. They shouldn't have bought, They shouldn't have messed with him as long as there's no as long as there's no fraud involved. Absolutely, it was and completely unjust. I don't think any of his customers have, were claiming you fraud. Have private exchange, private enterprise exchanges where where people call, come in from one part of the country and they have one kind of another another community and you take it to to an exchange where it's weighed up and weighed up in a scale and maybe converted from one to the other when people yeah. want to exchange it. Well, and that is getting created in the cryptocurrency world now. There's one called uh, PAXG or Pax Gold that uh, I don't know how effective it is to actually reclaim it in gold. But, but so it's, far, it's yeah, been it does, effectively they, pegged it, to what uh, to what the gold is worth. So, I yeah, mean, it's, it's at least a uh, cryptocurrency it, is not actual actual uh, metal change, then, is it? No. No. But but no. neither are the paper warehouse receipts either. You have to, you have yeah. to have trust in whoever is issuing it that they are going to yeah. redeem it for the actual metal. Yeah, right. it's it's like what you were describing, where a company will issue its own and uh, and claims to back it with gold. Where if you turn it in for it, they will hand you the actual metal. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, had, go ahead, Jill. I've had silver certificates. I mean, it said on the bill, silver certificate. However, this was this was uh, some kind of antique thing. Now I've worked in a, I worked uh, at a. Place. I worked at a curb service restaurant before. I've also spent about 20, I've also worked as a street vendor for about 27 years. And sometimes I would get these things. They're, they, they're obsolete now, but there are silver certificates, but right. I was told you couldn't turn them in for that anymore. Not anymore. They right. They stopped the redemption. Yeah, some time I ago. I them around for a while as curiosities, but I had to give them up the night my cat died in order to pay the vet. They are collector's items, uh, but you used to be able to, like with the silver t- certificates and before, you used to be able to take that into a bank and they would turn around and give you, in your case, silver or gold. But that is no longer the case. The United States dollar hasn't been backed by anything yeah. except for the violence of the state. Well, don't even call it the United States dollar. It's a Federal Reserve note. That's the true. United States dollar is yeah. defined in grams of silver, grains of silver. Yeah. They well, tricked I never tried you. to turn them in for silver. They tricked you because they made the, the Federal Reserve note look exactly like a silver certificate, and then nobody paid attention. Hmm. Yep. Hey, thanks for the call, Jill. We appreciate it. 603-283-6160. Um, I don't know the monetary history of when the silver certificates uh, stopped being manufactured, but I, even as a kid, I used to come upon them every now and again. Probably in the 60s. Well, I wasn't born yet. Well, but. The big shift was when we established a central bank because you used to have a bunch of different banks that were as uh, more or less effective at actually getting you... Right? Yeah, exactly, at actually getting you metal when you came back with their notes. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. It's the Sunday Night Edition.
Free Talk Live. Wow, our number unmute. Wow, I, I unmuted both of you, but I neglected to unmute myself accidentally. Uh, important people speak. We forgot to take full advantage of that situation. We could have could have had the show all to ourselves. <laughs> you, it would have been... We missed our mutiny. It would have been anarchy. Ooh. <laughs> 603-283-6160 is the phone number. If you would like to join us, we'll get to your calls and thoughts in just a moment. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. So, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about uh, how people don't want to work anymore and why. I just want to bang on the drums all day. <laughs> yeah. That's that song, right? Yep. Uh, you mentioned yeah. you wanted to opine I did. I had, I had a few thoughts on that one. So, I mean, part of it's definitely that, I mean, you kind of expect something back for your work, and that is just becoming less and less true. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm sympathetic towards that movement. And, and that's definitely part of it. And, and another uh, part that ties into that very much is that because we have so much regulation keeping anyone from entering the market and uh, rewarding uh, corporations for getting them larger and larger because, you know, if you can, oh, well, if we just have our own section of our corporation that does all of our printing, then we don't have to pay taxes on the printing, uh, so on and so forth. You end up with a smaller and smaller number of companies that can employ people, and that makes the conditions worse and worse because they're not competing anymore. There's already um, many industries within one sort of larger industry, you know, word that I'll, I'll it's art, mm. right? And within the art industry, industries, because there are many forms of art. There is probably far more work being done for zero pay yeah. than in any other industry. And I, a starving artist true. is a cliche. It's a cliche, but it's also a stereotype because it's true. Mm-hmm. I personally have done, oh my gosh, I can't even <laughs> tell you how many thousands of hours of work and creating music and rehearsing and you know, having a job and using that money to buy gear to maintain the band and make the band go and print T-shirts and, you know, all the stuff that goes along with that and literally never getting a return on it, right? Oh, yeah. A losing proposition. Why would somebody ever do that, you ask? Well, what What is a musician? He's the guy who loads up $5,000 of equipment into a $500 van to go to a gig to make 50 bucks. If that. If that. Many a gig was zero bucks. Okay. Not even as much as a, uh, oh, hey, here's a couple beers for playing tonight, guys. Well, it's because the the term overnight success is a misnomer. There's no such thing as an overnight success. Yeah, it's... But, but there's the person who slaved away for months, years, decades maybe, and then finally gets that break where they finally make it big. And that's and that's why you put all of this uh, all of this work into this thing for no return on that hope that you'll you'll break it over or just because you love what you're doing. Yeah, so, that's a hobby. Yeah, right. It's a hobby, but it's if you enjoy what you're doing, you don't need to get paid for it. You do the other stuff to make the money uh, to support the hobby. I mean, that's your classification. Some people look at art as their purpose. Okay, right. Uh, in order for humans to function, sure. They need to have a purpose. Yeah, it might be your calling. Right. Well, uh, and some of these people were going to be in favor of the article that we're reading, right? The automated luxury communism, because it allows them to act their purpose, right? Without having to worry 
about you know survival. Well, so I think to that extent, uh, as far as relating that to art is concerned, I think the idea of the artist has been romanticized, particularly within the context of this article. Okay. And that is to say that like people have this like vision like, oh, wouldn't it be great to just have so much free time that I could just do my painting or I could finally write my novel or I could write that you know album that I've always wanted to write, you know, that kind of a thing, right? Um, I think that that has been romanticized so much that people f- are now seeing it as sort of an ideal within the context of the article. Okay. So question real quickly then, why shouldn't that be the ideal, Right. Why do why do we poo poo on these things so much? Because we don't believe them to be uh, possible. But should that not be a goal to be str- str- uh, strived for? Well, right? I'm saying you have that free no time. No one working is impossible. Understood. But very few people working. I mean, in, in the sense of like work, like a, a pain in the butt to do. Like yeah. you don't actually want to do it, but you you get compensated in some way for doing it. Whereas yeah. like artistry is something that you do because well you want to do it. Now, I I'm all for, I am so in favor of automation. Absolutely. Like let's get those rocks doing all of the boring stuff that we can. You know? Get them doing all of the tedious, horrible things that upset us and then let us do all of the things that they can't because those tend to be the things we like doing. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's go to some calls here. We've got uh, this is Dan calling from Nebraska. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Dan. Talk about dumb phones, but I've been a little bit more interested in what was just being talked about, you know, right after the break. Sure. This is Free Talk Live. You're free to change what you called about. So go ahead. Yeah, I, um, you know, I think also I actually agree a lot with uh, what you guys are saying here, because I also think I have a I have a vision that involves automation being like pivotal in how we um in how we you know change the nature of work so that it's better for people i i guess i think that where we disagree maybe is that i kind of feel in my opinion the balance between labor and capital is really skewed in favor of capital and I don't, I don't understand how, with with less government than we have now, that balance could shift in any way. Because hopefully, by the time automation becomes, you know, uh, you know, way more important to humanity, mm-hmm. there's a way that the benefits of that kind of uh, spread more equally towards everybody. Well, having less government takes away what I call government monopolies. There are certain sectors of the market that don't exist because government claims a monopoly on them. In addition to that, government creates pseudo-monopolies by currying favor to lobbyists. So if the government did not exist, lobbyists would not be able to curry those favors. Competition would be able to come in freely and innovation would sort of rise up. Yeah, one one of the odd things you're seeing now with the you know the anti-work the the great uh, resignation um, is a reshifting of that balance because what I think you see when you say that the, it's in favor of capital right now, 
we would probably make the case that it's in favor of cronyism right now, where mm-hmm. the capital is in the hands of the state or the the capitalists with the negative connotation um, are getting handouts from the government in some form or fashion that is giving them that advantage uh, that they ought not have. And if you remove the state from that equation, they no longer have that advantage. Yeah, when all of the the symbol of value is coming from one spigot, then whoever is closest to that spigot is getting all of that value first. Nice analogy. And that's, yeah, that's how our money system works. So if you're close to government spending, you get to spend that money before the price inflation hits. Now, the, the inflation of the money supply has already occurred as soon as you've got it, but you get to spend it for more value. And and it just centralizes more and more wealth and power. Whereas if you have if you have an actual system of currency that's you know solid like gold or Bitcoin, then you don't have that same centralizing effect of power. Dan, I I uh, I don't know about that. I, I don't, why would why would gold become becoming uh, you know more prominent or Bitcoin, which is stable, be something that helps everyday people who um, okay, yeah, that, that's, I'll just leave that question. Well, why, okay. why would that? It doesn't seem like let, they let, have. Let me take a shot at this by talking about what's happened recently. Okay. Um, over the last couple, couple of years, there has been like the fight for 15, right? The push to raise the minimum wage legally uh, to $15 an hour. And the government has come in and inflated the currency so much where that's not even enough anymore. Like that has become the de facto pseudo minimum wage in a lot of places, even if it's not the legal minimum wage because of the currency inflation. And if you don't have that inflation, you don't have to worry about that. And that's where the gold comes in and the Bitcoin. Thanks for the call, Dan. More Free Talk Live is coming up. 603-283-6160. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening tonight and tuning in to Free Talk Live. We are a live call-in radio program. It's also broadcast over the Internet and some satellite channels where you can call, take control of the airwaves, and speak speak your mind outside of some regulations that we must follow from the FCC, some certain words you're not allowed to say. Uh, no topic is uh, taboo, so to speak. Speak your mind, just use appropriate language. Yes, please. Uh, in the studio, it's myself, the captain. Pickless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. We've been talking about this article from, where was it from? I don't remember. Futurism. Futurism, thank you. Uh, about a future without work. The fully automated luxury communism. And the documentary that I was referring to earlier was Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist, right. But, Jacques but, Fresco and uh, the Venus Project. And and the guy with two first names you shouldn't trust. Okay. Peter Joseph. The other guy. Because he has two first names. Yep. Yeah. So, let's see. Does that mean you should extra trust someone whose first name is a last name? I don't think so. But, Johnson Stevenson. Right. <laughs> There is another issue that recently manifested itself. Fewer and fewer employees are required to produce more and more goods and services for an increasing number of consumers. Wages are increasing. No, they're not. And people are becoming more demanding, rightly so. Young people are not prepared to sacrifice their lives for their workplace. Well, I mean, that's assuming a lot. 
I mean, it's assuming a lot, but again, there's the 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 movement having a name, right? The Great Resignation is indicative that there might be some truth to this, yeah. right? It's not just a one-off. It's an entire group of people going like, "We this is stupid, and we don't really want to do this, especially for what you're paying us, mm-hmm. which also drives up wages for the people still working. Well, and I think one of the things that's been behind this whole thing is that there used to be a social stigma attached to collecting government money instead of working for it. Yep. And that has been gone for quite a while now. We talked about that when we were talking about shame. It needs to be. It needs to come back. Mm-hmm. People need to be shamed for that sort of behavior. Yeah, because you're not you're not getting money from the government. You're you're getting money because the government is stealing that money from other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but again, the balance is they're stealing it from other people to give it to you, or you go to work and they steal it from you through inflationary policies. Well, and- some of it. Some and at it. the risk of being trite, Bitcoin fixes this. I got it. So right. it's gold and silver and any other sort Heck of yeah. like fixed yeah. currency. You, if you fix the money, a lot of society's problems will fix themselves. Got mm-hmm. it. So let's let's do that. There is another issue that re- uh, no, we already talked about that. Um, this article though, like, assumes that people need to sacrifice their lives for their workplace. Like, I I wouldn't die to like do some customer service over the phone. You know, like sacrificing my granted a 40 hour work week and like overtime like that can be overwhelming. Right. You spend, you know, half of your week, uh, you know, loaning yourself to somebody else in return for some money. But here's the secret that I always had to maintaining employment. And that is just follow technology. Right? You don't even have to be particularly good at the technology. Just follow it. Go and work for sure. technology companies, right? Uh, technology companies need offices. They need employees. They have gear. So whatever it is you're good at, you know, maybe you're the person who, like, vacuums up the office well, at that's, night. That's know? kind of a risky situation these days because in order for technology companies to be able to keep hiring people, you have to have an expanding economy. And right now we are moving into a uh, contraction. So, like the the tech stocks are the ones that get hit first. Uh, I mean, different econ- different sections of the economy respond differently. For example, COVID. Right, whole bunch of businesses were shut down. Whole bunch of people lost their jobs. Technology people, however, experienced a boom. Right, because technology is what allowed people to uh, shift to work from home models. Right, I myself was caught up in that. I would found myself as a a guy who was able to work from home for for my day job before it was cool. Before everybody got to, uh, they tabbed me to like, hey, can you give a presentation on like you know home economics and you know making sure you have a you know all the all the pro tips for how to work at home effectively and be productive and all that kind of stuff. And so I found myself. With a new set of response, a new job, if you will, in in this respect of teaching other people how to do this successfully. So, and then the technology companies that were providing things like telephone services, anything that remotely resembled a Zoom call, right? All of these companies had big booms in their bottom line because all of a sudden, all of these businesses were signing up for their services, wanting to get onboarded, lickety split, because there was a necessity in the marketplace. So we saw a shift in the market. I think a lot of it uh, was the caller's name, Dan, a little bit. Little yeah, about yeah the previous call. Some of it is um, confusion, misunderstanding, and I'm going to say misplaced responsibility, right? So the anti-work movement, the great resignation, all of that, they want to blame capital, as his words, mm-hmm. right, or the companies for for their current situation. Right. But if they, if they looked that one step further, the cronyism, 
if they look at the state, for they're the ones, the state is the ones debasing the money. Right. Making their work for the company less valuable than it could otherwise be. Yes. And I think that is really hard for people to imagine. But, I mean, the kind of world we're talking about where we have good money is the kind of world where you can pay this month's rent with the equivalent of the change in your couch cushions. Because the prices on everything have fallen so low and the wages have increased so much that it's just – you you just naturally have an increasing amount of free time for your artistic – exploits because of the increase in technology and technology can actually give individuals the ability to automate their own tasks for profit mm-hmm. yeah. so if if you view yourself as a person as a business or your household even as a business there are certain tasks that you can automate or at least in the future will be able to automate that could bring you a profit uh rummage sales for example we've already seen craigslist sort of took over newspapers uh the the big uh i don't want to say the name uh, the social media company has the uh buy and sell marketplace kind of thing right and more and more of this thing is happening all the time so like these are tasks that can be automated also, too, with the IoT, the Internet of Things coming around, if you marry that with stuff like micropayments and cryptocurrency, all of a sudden, whenever you're not using a thing and there's you know some leftover either bandwidth or some memory usage that could be applied to something else, you can rent that out for a micropayment. And now, all of a sudden, you're generating income by automating something or at least allowing somebody else to use something that you're not using, unbeknownst to really anybody. Yeah, one of the things that uh, Dan mentioned is the whole, like, uh, well, it seems to be shifted to capital rather than labor. So if you had a, a deflationary currency, then what would happen is that your employer would have to go to you periodically and say, hey, is it okay if we reduce your wage by this month? So that it, it buys this much in order to keep you employed so that you're constantly being, you know, asked your permission to continue working here so that I can keep the business running. It completely changes the dynamic in yeah. what I think would be a very positive direction. It might be hubris on my point to your point, Captain. Uh, I don't think the average person is capable of those things. Right. Like they, they aren't taught that. And it's going to be some of the upper echelon, the elite people who are able to automate and make money while doing that. I don't know. There's an app for that. Right? I mean, that's what, what people will do. They will create an app for all of that. So you don't have to be that smart and that elite to make stuff like that happen in your own household. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Welcome back. It is Free Talk Live. It's the Sunday night edition Six zero three two eight three six one six zero is the phone number, but you can't get in right now. the The phones are packed. Wow. So we will we will get to your calls momentarily in the studio. It's myself, the captain, Peakless Mountaineer, and Richie Rich. That's right. Phones are packed Sunday, and uh, phone call speed round. Yeah, we'll 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 do a we'll we'll get to those momentarily. I have to tell you that Forkfest twenty twenty two is coming up. You can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's beautiful out there. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. Fork Fest takes place the week after Pork Fest, 
But ForkFest is decentralized, which means there's no one in charge and there's no ticket cost. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve a camping or RV site or a motel room with Rogers Campground June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving individuals in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, and those can be found at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. Come party with the captain, forkfest.party. All right, let's just go to the phones. We're going to start with, we've got Jake from Ocean Shores. Jake, you're on Free Talk Live. That's Jack, but that's cool. Oh, Jack, sorry. My bad. Have you guys ever been to Eastern Oregon, like the Deschutes River? I have not been to Eastern Oregon. I'm familiar with the Northwest, though. I used to live in Seattle for about 20 years. Yeah, I lived in Portland, and there's a great uh, white water rafting area Mm -hmm. over in a town called Maupin. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was a real uh, Barney Fife type of uh, deputy there. I mean, you had to stand in the water if you wanted to have a cigarette. I mean, it was ridiculous. So I ended up getting a, a boating under the influence. <laughs> a BUI? On a raft. With that's not what I think people. of when I think of Barney Fife deputies. I think of like ineptitude. <laughs> no, right? Yeah, that's the he opposite. He was watching yeah. me with binoculars up on top of the cliff. Yeah. Okay. And he ticketed me for a boating under the influence. There's no motor on a raft, and there's five other people. (laughs) So it didn't fit the definition of boating, and you were exonerated. Yeah, well, yes. I went to court. I had to drive out to the Dalles in Oregon out there, Hood River, if you know that area. Drove two hours from Portland, and uh, I was thinking of that case with the squash guy who marked up the court. Oh, the pickleball I guy. Up. I got you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He looked, he, the judge looked at it, and he'd never seen anything like it before. Uh, he said, I don't you know, understand. He ended up giving me a – so I think the squash guy is going to be dismissed by the, the DA. I guess I want to be guy. hopeful. I, I, yeah, I, I hope it, will, it is, but, but I, got I don't know. I have no fine. hope for Denver. None. You yeah. got, he got, he got yeah. fined for it. You got a $300 fine for RUI rafting under the influence? Well, it was a BUI. It was a year in jail and up to a ten thousand dollar fine. Ouch! That's the ticket he gave me. Ouch! Brutal. Hey, thanks for the call, Jack. We appreciate it. Uh, rafting under the influence. We More need s- to stop those dangerous criminals who drink beer and fish. <laughs> More so that the pickleball guy is going to have some sort of like violence done to him by the state, whether it's extortion or jail. All right. Uh, it looks like Rich in Indiana dropped off, so let's move right along. Let's go to... See, there can be only one. <laughs> let's There's go to Rob. two in your name alone. That's not fair. <laughs> let's go to Rob in Vermont. <laughs> Rob, you're on How Free you Talk doing, Live. Guys? Good. What's on your mind? Hey, so uh, there is another job that's out there that you know people can do, and, and it's just it's not promoted enough. Okay, what is and it? And I think that this is the kind of work that's going to save the younger generation. But you've got to legalize cannabis first. I mean, they're pushing it on the federal level. We'll see what happens. Right, but uh, but that's the thing that I... Because look at all the things you can get out of using cannabis. I mean, you can make fuel, clothes, yep. all of that kind of stuff. You know, Paper, it, rope, plastic. You know? Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyways, the other reason why I call is that I wanted the guys know that there's a new cannabis store that's opening up in Bellows Falls. 
Do you know now? I've I've heard of this going on. Do you know if it's going to be recreational or is it just you know the old uh, you got to get a doctor to write you a note and be a patient? I think it's going to be both. Interesting. I, yeah. I hadn't heard that that recreational was on you know any ballot for Vermont, but I don't necessarily pay attention to Vermont either, even though I live. And right. Why would you? you? Know, I mean, it's it's on the other side of us, really, okay. on the other side of the river, so it's not that far. Uh, well, I try to to ignore all the surrounding states as much as possible. Well, are you going to go get I, a job there, Rob? Is that is that what your plan is? I don't know, not because I'm just going to just I grow my own dope. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> amen to that, brother. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate it. Well, I will tell you, all the states around us have legalized marijuana. So. You know, all those places that don't have a uh, yeah, pathologically true. I, opposed governor. I have uh, hopped in the old motor vehicle and buried the needle and went to the, the state to our south and the state to our east uh, and both times was able to acquire said marijuana while I was there because, you know, they have it recreationally available. Mm-hmm. The problem with that pathological governor is he's, he's like the barrier to state income tax. Yeah, he's the only one that we can get in that will stop that from happening it's terrible let's go to uh Which major major pain in michigan major you're on free talk live lesser of evils my okay, good evening guys um well let's see i was listening to uh clay and buck the other day the guys that took over rush limbaugh's time shallot uh-huh. and they were talking about uh trying to introduce a phrase telling you to go fauci yourself <laughs> And uh, I, I I thought it should be simplified and just cut down to like Fauci off or Fauci you, but uh, anyway, I too have buried the needle on more than one occasion. I had a charger went to a buck fifty and a Galaxy went to one twenty, and I pegged them both. Nice. That nice. charger that charger scared me. I she once got her up to about a well, I got her up to about a buck and a half, and she already had one hundred fifty thousand miles on her, and so the front end started shimmying. Ooh, yeah, I had yeah. to back her down. I still had three quarters of an inch of pedal. I think that thing probably would have done two twenty. A friend of mine, uh, actually not not my a friend of uh, what would be mm, my brother, for lack of a better way to explain that, a friend of my brother's who was older than me, uh, his brother like drove in like NASCAR, worked in like the the pits, you know, okay. the pit stop pit type, crew. yeah, pit crew, and he owned uh, it was a I want to say a seventy two Cuda. With a 446 pack, whatever that is, I'm not a gearhead, so but that that's, sounds that's all three two barrels. Yeah, that sounds all three. and and it it purred and it was super fast. It was the only time I've ever seen a vehicle because uh, the dude t- you know took me for a ride in it, and you know when he put the hammer down, so to speak, stepped on that accelerator, uh, it kicked in, and I was you know thrown back into my seat. Felt the G's. Felt the G's, and you could watch the speedometer go up as the gas gauge went down. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of my favorite YouTube yes, videos is a Hellcat outrunning the police helicopter. Ooh, wow. Right? That's impressive. Mm-hmm. They zoomed in, and he was gone. Other thoughts, Major? Well, I never outran a helicopter, but I did outrun a trooper in my galaxy one time. One I got time away from I a trooper in a Corolla. That's not all that impressive. You got away from a trooper with beer? In a Corolla. Oh, Corolla. No, no, no. Corolla. In my old, my old, I had a Galaxy 500 to 68 with a 390 yeah. in it. She was, she was pretty quick. Wow. But, uh, I just cornered Anyway, our, 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 our lovely president has agreed to release a million gallons of uh, oil from the reserves per day here on this fuel fiasco. 
Yeah. Oh, well, how, how generous doing? of our overlord to bestow upon us the gift of oil in which he's been sandbagging and hanging on and not allowing the market to actually determine the price on. Yeah, yeah it's well, almost Trump, like he's trying Trump, to cover up the price fixing that he did in the first place. Back in the Trump administration, he was the only one that since World War II topped off the Federal Reserve. And he did it for like $37, $39 a barrel. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Major. Appreciate it. Well, it's not like we're heading into uncertain times where that might come in handy. 603-283-6160. More of your calls and thoughts are coming up on tonight's edition of Free Talk Live. The final segment is moments away. It's like it's like you've done this before, Richard. Rich. That's my shtick, man. Stole that from a Saturday Night Live skit. I I used to play uh, the video game Madden NFL. Right? Who hasn't? And for a while there, they had like if you paused the game every time you unpaused the game to come back and play, it would say something like "Welcome back." And then if you hit pause right away after they said that, and then hit unpause, it would say something different ah. and so if you just did that enough you would eventually cycle through all i think there was 12 or 14 of them or something it's impressive at the time yeah and so it was like welcome back let's get back to the field now let's get back to the game let's get back to the play on the field welcome back to the play on the field right and it was all these different iterations of the same thing over and over and over again it nope was, i don't iterate fun. i just shout and we're back you do and you do it well thank you in the studio, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Uh, we have to take a moment before we get to your calls to say thank you to the Garbage Man. Hmm. Or is it Garbage Man? It looks like it says Garbage Man. Dirty Dan the Garbage Man. Garbage Man, C-A-R-B-A-G-E, who is a silver level amplifier. What is an amplifier? Well, it's somebody who finds value in this particular radio program that you're listening to right now find so much value in it that they want to help us get this program onto more radio stations so that the message of freedom, liberty, prosperity, and peace can be spread more effectively. We're on 190-ish, maybe 200 radio stations now. We could be on 250. We could be on 300 or even more radio stations. All of the stations. It's, it's up to you. Go visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Uh, it's it, that's where you can find out how you can amp this program. There's some perks. It's a Patreon account there. There's some perks for the levels, and uh, you know you can get some cool stuff depending on what you contribute. But the reason you should want to contribute is that you find value, you enjoy the hosts, the co-hosts, and the message of freedom, liberty, peace, and prosperity. Please consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. All right, let's go to Richard in New Mexico. Richard, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I appreciate you taking my call. We had a woman on the radio show this morning here in Albuquerque that talked about speeding vans and red light cameras, and she quoted some statistics from last year. And in Albuquerque, 
they had close to 390 people that got injured. They were pedestrians, and 35 pedestrians got killed. So she had some suggestions on how to cut down the rate that maybe other cities in America would be interested in. They, uh, she suggested that... Was it Sarah by any chance? Uh-huh. No, unfortunately, okay. she hasn't been hit yet. But uh, <clears throat> she, uh, wow. this woman, <laughs> yeah, you have no idea of 24 hours a day. But this woman had suggestions to reduce pedestrian fatalities and injuries. And that was for cities to build more bicycle paths. Oh, yeah. To, to uh, reduce the traffic lanes for cars so cars would slow down that way. Just ban cars uh, and make everyone take the bus. Well, the, the shame train? Mexico, well, New Mexico and Albuquerque, Albuquerque after January 1st, you don't pay to ride the metro buses here. That's a one year trial to uh, increase ridership and reduce pollution was their two main ideas. Yeah, so cities have done this before. Uh, And in fact, when I first moved to the Seattle area in the late 90s, uh, riding the the bus in the metropolitan area, or at least the downtown corridor, was completely free uh, for anybody. You just got on the bus and you got off at whatever stop you wanted to. Uh, The problem that they had, of course, was that uh, in the wintertime, or the homeless people would just get on the bus and stay there and just ride the circuit. You know, they'd get off at, you know, whenever the bus Makes driver sense. had enough. Nice warm. Yeah. Uh, and so then, of course, they were like, well, we're going to have to start uh, taxing the riders by making them pay a fee, and that will deter the homeless people from, from getting on. Well, the homeless people were, it, you know, th- there's all sorts of charities and things, and so they found workarounds where they would go and get a bus pass from a local charity, and th- the, the problem continued. So they didn't solve the problem at all. The problem that I have in this scenario is, of course, their attempt to prevent homeless people from using their free service. Right. Right? Like, your service is supposed to be free, tax money, you've already stolen from people to pay for the buses, and now you want people to pay more on top of that. It's just my my same beef with toll roads. Right? Taxpayer money has already paid for the roads. You should not tax them again. I think those homeless people really highlight the free rider problem. Bingo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah I, I see surprise, what you did there. <laughs> surprisingly, after they, uh, the city of Albuquerque passed the free bus fares, uh, there really wasn't that much of an increase in homeless people riding the buses uh, that much. Uh, I was somewhat worried about it because I do a lot of bus riding and there's Homeless people, of course, that uh, are on the streets that don't exactly smell like Chanel Number no. Five. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, some of those people. So I thought more of the street homeless people would uh, be riding the buses, but their ridership didn't go out. Plus, they well, here in Albuquerque, they don't let the homeless people ride the whole bus route. They have to get off, and if they sure. want to get back on, 
the bus going the other way. That's how they solved that problem of uh, a lot of the homeless people hogging the bus seats. Right, so, right. Well, if they just go back and forth and they have a bus pass, right? Yeah, you can't really yeah. stop them. Hey, uh, Richard, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Um, so one final word about uh, homeless people. A lot of people seem to forget the second part of that term, people. Mm. The homeless people are people. Most of them are as harmless as you and I when it comes to being in public and that kind of a thing. Um, it is an exercise in, in tolerance of individuals at different points in their lives. Uh, you know, you should not be afraid of homeless people. Right, and a lot of people get the, oh my god, homeless people, ah, right? They get this like they get creeped out or whatever, you know. Uh, somebody who smells a little bit or has like the dreadlocks because they can't afford a haircut or whatever, or they're suffering from mental illnesses of different varieties and that kind of thing. So just remember people to be compassionate when it comes to homeless people because not everybody is as fortunate as everybody else. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of those uh, points where the government claimed that it would solve our problem, so no one else is trying that hard. They uh, declared war on poverty, and uh doesn't seem that they're winning. Let's go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, you can say she on the radio, right? I can, yes. Okay. Depends and what you, you say and after you can it. Say, well, you, you can say, you can say um, uh, muffer. That's That's... FCC legal. I don't know what a muffer is. Well, I would be one who muffs. Okay. It's that person who so, gets the hey, actress you know ready before the shoot? Oh, that's a fluffer. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that, that's a diff- yeah, that's different, man. That's different. Hey, I saw a Snoop Dogg on an airplane today. You know? Oh, speaking of that, you know what the, what's the, what's the, what's the, uh, the longest, the longest word in the, in the black dictionary? I don't know. I can tell you the longest word in Webster's Dictionary when I was going to school used to be pneumono ultra microscopic silica volcano coniosis, which is uh, known as black lung. It's a disease of inhaling quartz dust. And I know this because I used it to win a spelling bee in wow. eighth grade. Wait, you spelled that one? Yes. Nice. It's, it's not as hard as it seems. You just break it down into smaller words. Pneumono, it's like pneumonia, ultra microscopic silica volcano coniosis. Yeah, the spelling rules for Latin is uh, pretty, pretty consistent, really. Not quite well, German uh, levels <laughs> consistent, but not bad. David, I'm sure you're going to tell yeah, us well, the German, answer whether we want it or yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Well, German, German words don't count anyway because their words are actually sentences. So that <laughs> yes, Germans they, don't, are. they don't count. Yeah, they, they don't, don't They don't ever hyphenate. And, no. Well, it's because the, uh, German, so, the Germans had beer, right? So they were writing their language all... <laughs> you clearly know nothing of the German language. <laughs> it is precise and efficient and well-engineered. Hey, David, you'll have to uh, get hey, back to us later, man. Uh, that is the end of the show. We are out of time. Uh, the, the shortened version of that long word, though, is uh, silicosis. Right, so if you ever get diagnosed with black lung... We're out of time. Uh, visit us at freetalklive.com to see our archives. Thanks for everyone for participating, and peace. <laughs>